Yo! Welcome to another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovi, and this is uh, a bit of a sad week in the world of wrestling as we lost the great Scott Hall. Um, going to talk about his career and life and what big influence he had on professional wrestling much, much more than his time in the NWO because believe me, he did a lot of things uh, in professional wrestling that should be given its just due. Uh, I want to start off with news and, um, you know, it's kind of, besides Scott Hall uh, and his, his passing, this week really wasn't much of a week of news except for one thing that I will talk about in a little bit. But I do want to mention a couple of things. Uh, WrestleMania 38 will be playing in movie theaters this year. Um, it will be playing via Fathom Events. They announced today that each night of WrestleMania will air in theaters across the United States. I think this is because of the success of AEW and how they have shown pay-per-views in movie theaters um, as of late. And, you know, it's kind of a... I think it would be a cool experience to watch a pay-per-view at a movie theater kind of be like you know old school closed circuit you know the way they used to do it back in the day and this is kind of a cool way to watch wrestlemania and obviously wwe is going to be getting some money out of this so if you don't have peacock and you don't have tickets to wrestlemania and you don't want to pay the ridiculous amount of money for pay-per-view go to your local movie theater see if they are going to carry both nights of WrestleMania 38. Speaking of WrestleMania 38, uh, a new match added to the card uh, over the past week. The SmackDown Tag Team titles will be defended as the Usos defend against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. As as I'm looking at this, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7... 8, 9, 10 matches on the card for WrestleMania 38. And obviously they're going to split them in the two nights. So uh, half will be on Saturday, half will be on Sunday. I would not be surprised if we get a few more matches added between now and the time of April the 2nd and April the 3rd, which is only two weeks away. So in two weeks... I will be doing my big WrestleMania preview show where, you know what, I'm going to make it a little different this year. I have an idea in my head. Um, You'll just have to wait to see what it is. Okay, to Japan, where Tokyo Sports reported that New Japan and All Japan Pro Wrestling will be having a joint card on april the 16th to celebrate the 60th anniversary of kirikon hall now the main event as of right now is scheduled to be hiroshi tanahashi teaming with kento miyahara against sonata and jake lee the reason i say as of this moment 
is because Sonata yesterday uh, suffered an injury in a match against Will Ospreay with a fractured orbital bone. Uh, remains to be seen if Sonata will be able to compete on April the 16th. The rest of the card for this event, Ryo Inoue against Kosi Fujita, Toru Yano and Tajiri against Black Menso Rei and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Takeo Amori, Ryohei Oiwa, and Yuto Nakashima against Yoshitatsu, Ryosuke Taguchi, and Master Wado. Yuma Ayoyagi, Atsuki Ayoyagi, Toji Makabe, and Tomoaki Hanma against Tetsuya Naido, Bushi, Shingo, and Hiromu. And Suwama, Shotaro Ashino, and Dan Tamura will face Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, and Yo. And that is the card for April the 16th, the 60th anniversary of Kirakan Hall, one of the most famous arenas not only in all of japan but in the entire wrestling world all right so uh this past weekend the international pro wrestling hall of fame announced their second class for 2022 and i have the list here as soon as i pull it up and this is a pretty good list. Now, last year, um, they had their first class, which is a really big class. I mean, you had Hogan, Flair, Fez, San Martino. Um, so this will take place uh, in the last weekend of August, with the induction ceremony being on Saturday, August the 27th. And this will be taking place at the Desmond Hotel in Albany, New York. So, with that said, here is the class of 2022 for the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Fred Bell, Tom Jenkins, Alex Aberg, Tom Cannon, Jim Londis, Joe Stetcher, Carl Gotch, Billy Robinson... Ricky Choshu, Genichiro Tenru, Mildred Burke, Dory Funk Jr., and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That is the class of 2022 for the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, ticket, hotel, and sponsorship information are available for that weekend. You can go to their website at prowrestlinghall.org backslash induction uh it has been confirmed by the hall of fame that dory funk jr will be attending the ceremony this year so if you want a chance to see the legendary dory funk jr this is a pretty good chance to go check him out one of the true legends of pro wrestling um his brother Terry was inducted in the first class last year, so it's kind of fitting that, you know, Dory gets in in the second one. And also another thing to point out with this piece of news is Mildred Burke will be the first female wrestler to be inducted into the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. 
pretty good class. You've got a bunch of former world champions, legends um, from every era just about that is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. So congratulations to everyone. Again, that is Saturday, August 27th at the Desmond Hotel in Albany, New York for the second induction ceremony for that Hall of Fame. And I guess that's going to be a good transition to talk about the WWE Hall of Fame. And this week, it was announced that Charmel is getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Alright, so, I there's a lot I want to say about this without trying to come off as someone who, you know, seems kind of ticked off about this. Here's the thing. If if they had done it as, you know, like King Booker and Queen Charmel, I'd be alright with it. I, I really would be alright with it. And I understand, you know, she was in wrestling. For a long time. She was in WCW. She was there towards the end. And that's where she met Booker. And, you know, they got married. And they had their kids. But of all the people, of all the people that you have or you could have to go in to the WWE Hall of Fame, Charmel? Again, nothing against her personally. Nothing against her personally. I, I think she's a nice person. Um, I, I think, you know, she, she does good for her kids, for her family. But it's like, of all the people you could have inducted, of all the people, you pick Charmel? Again, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying not to be mean. I'm, I'm trying to stay as positive as I can. But... Charmel? I, I mean, I was talking with some a few people. She has broken... <laughs> she has broken the old line of... Are you... Like, if you are better than Coco Beware, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. The WWE Hall of Fame, which was the joke for years, which I never really got. Because I thought Coco Beware was good. And then you see some of his early stuff in WWE, and it's like, dang, he's real good. So I guess if you're one of those people who, you know, and there are a lot of people that don't believe the WWE Hall of Fame is a real Hall of Fame. I don't really think it is either. Then Charmel is the new line she is the new standard of if you are better than charmel you're gonna go in the hall of fame uh she's gonna get inducted by her husband booker t which makes sense and you know i i was thinking you know for a while my god this could be one of the greatest classes in the history of the hall of fame of the wwe hall of fame and it seemed like they were going in the right track and then Charmel has announced that she's going in. <laughs> I 
again, nothing against her. I have nothing against Charmel. But this is kind of a head scratcher. This is just this is just a real head scratcher. That's all I'm gonna say, and I'm, I'm gonna say it respectfully. That this this is just a, a head scratcher. I don't know why. I I just don't know. That's all I'm gonna say, and that's as far as I'm gonna go. Uh, someone that at, that is in. The WWE Hall of Fame uh, is Scott Hall. He's a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Went in in 2014. You can make the argument, maybe the best class of all time for the WWE Hall of Fame. And then was inducted in 2020, but did the actual induction last year as part of the NWL. Uh, Scott Hall passed away this past Monday at the age of 63 after... Um, after having a hip replacement surgery, they found a blood clot, which led to three heart attacks, and he went into a coma, and they put him on life support, and they took him off on Monday, and sadly passed away on Monday at the age of 63 years old. Um, Scott Hall's first real big opportunity came in the AWA where they teamed him up with a young Kurt Hennig and they ended up becoming the AWA World Tag Team Champions in 1986 and they were champions for quite a long time I want to say most of 86 until they did lose the tag team titles so after his run in the AWA, he did go into WCW. He did wrestle in WCW in 89. And there he was just kind of getting his feet wet. There really wasn't much to mention. I mean, he did he did wrestle at the Great American Bash that year in a battle royal. But that's really about it. And then he would come back. After spending time all over the world, he would come back in 1991 where he would be the Diamond Stud. And he was Diamond Dallas Page's, like, go-to guy. And, he, I mean, he had, he had a decent run. He wrestled on many pay-per-views. Um, maybe the two most notable for him was the Great American Bash of 91, where he defeated the Z-Man. And then, he was in the infamous Chamber of Horrors match at Halloween Havoc 1991, and that was one of the big build matches going into that show. So you could say that was Scott Hall's first big pay-per-view match, was that Chamber of Horror match. That Chamber of Horrors match. Uh, he would eventually leave in 1992, and that is where things turn for Scott Hall as he would become Razor Ramon. For though we all know the story by now, but I'll say it anyway. Basically, he the inspiration for the character Razor Ramon is from the movie Scarface. With Al Pacino. And something to think about. 
with Razor Ramon, with Scott Hall. He has the vignettes. He does his jobber matches. But if you really think about it, his first real big feud in WWF is with Randy Savage. And basically, for all intents and purpose, Razor Ramon cost Randy Savage the WWF title in 1992, losing to Ric Flair. So that is Razor's first big feud is with Randy Savage, who is in this title run or about to lose the title, and he gets involved in it. And, of course, that leads to the Survivor Series, which originally was the main event. I, I think, it, depending on how you look at it, it might have still been the main event. Again, depending on how you look at it. Then, uh, you get to the Royal Rumble, and Razor's in a world title match against Bret Hart. You know, he's in a big match at the Royal Rumble. Uh, obviously, he loses there, but... It didn't stop his momentum. You get to WrestleMania 9. He beats Bob Backlund in a a quick match. And then, what might have been, what might have been the big momentum changer for Scott Hall's career at this point in time is the famous May 17, 1993 episode of Monday Night Raw. Where Razor Ramon wrestles this jobber. He's gone Lightning Kid, Thunder Kid, all these different names. So this week, he goes as The Kid. The Kid hits a moonsault. One, two, three. Razor Ramon loses to The Kid. And that is how the one, two, three kid name began. And it's because of this that 123Kid's career takes off. And for the better, Razor's career takes off as well because he eventually becomes a babyface. He becomes a good guy. And in the fall of 1993, he wins the Intercontinental title, beating Rick Martel after... They were the final two people in a battle royal. And after that, he's off. You know, he carries the Intercontinental title division for a long time. Uh, The famous match at WrestleMania 10 with Shawn Michaels. He has a feud with Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Goldust, you know, to name a few. And Razor's a big figure. He's a big part of... Not only the Intercontinental Division, but he's also a big picture, you know, a big star in the WWF. Then you go to the end of his run. His last pay-per-view match is at an in-your-house where he loses to Vader. That's his last WWF pay-per-view match for a while. Then you have the curtain call. And I'll be honest, you know, I didn't know this happened. I, you know, I was like 10 years old. No, yeah, 10 years old. No idea what the hell this was. And it wasn't until years later that you hear about it and and he's going to WCW. So, 
he goes to WCW, and this launches basically what would become the NWO faction and the NWO angle. And Scott Hall is the catalyst. He is the one that starts it all. Because he comes over on a Monday Nitro, and he just hops the rail, gets in the ring, and he's like, You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And, you know, it just keeps going and going. You get Nash, and then you get to Bash at the Beach, and the mystery, you know, the mystery partner ends up being Hogan, and then boom, they're off and running. And Scott Hall's a big factor. He's a big part of the success of the NWO. Um, he would go on to win the WCW Tag Titles at Halloween Havoc that year with Kevin Nash, and they would hold those titles for almost a full calendar year. Um, he would achieve other, you know, big things. He won World War Three. He won the WCW United States Title. You know, he was very successful. But at the same time, this is kind of where the situation with alcohol comes into play. And, you know, it became a big problem. And eventually, Scott Hall left WCW. He had a brief run at ECW. And then went to New Japan for a brief time. And then he would come back to WWF in 2002 with Hall and Nash. They would, you know, it's the NWO. Hall ends up wrestling Austin at WrestleMania. And the story with that match, for those that have never heard the story. Nash was the backup. If Hall could not go for WrestleMania, Nash was the backup for that match. That's why Nash was in his gear. But Hall went through it, did the match, and gave us one of the best stunners of all time uh, from that match. So Scott Hall did compete at a WrestleMania again. Then you had the plane ride from hell, which has been talked about, and then he's gone after that. And then he joins a new promotion, a brand new promotion called TNA. And he is on the first TNA pay-per-view, which Jim Boy Star and I, we did the gauntlet for the gold match. Uh, on Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast, which you guys can check out. And Scott Hall has appearances, you know, from the beginning for a while, really, until about 07, 08. And, you know, then he takes time off, then he comes back, and he, you know, it's such a weird story because it's like he would be good, would be clean. Then he'd fall back and he would just be, you know, would just be in a bad situation. So, Scott Hall eventually got help 
from Diamond Dallas Page. Got clean, got sober, no more drugs, no more alcohol. Uh, gets inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014. Like I said, maybe the best class. Maybe the best class the WWE's ever had. Um, and I want to say his last appearance on WWE television was at WrestleMania last year when the NWO got inducted. Um, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about with Scott Hall. They did a 30 for 30, or not a 30 for 30, but uh, ESPN did a story on Scott Hall like 10 years ago. And it's so, like, I remember watching it because the you know, like the reporters are like, oh, well, you know, today's wrestlers, all they do is they go and they play video games. But back in the day, these wrestlers, they would, you know, go out, drink beer, take drugs, blah, 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 blah. And that kind of came became a big thing there. Um, but, you know, just think about it. Scott Hall, such a big role he played. In the history of wrestling. Such a big role. I mean, he and Sean have the first televised ladder match in WWF history at WrestleMania 12 or at WrestleMania 10. Yes, Brett and Sean did it first, but that was never televised. Razor and Sean had the first televised ladder match. Um and then you know, just the way he talked and his moves and all that. It just, I mean, he, he it's kind of, you know, he is gimmicked. Not gimmicked, but, you know, he, he kind of has tributes paid to him every time people come out. And, you know, that's kind of the legacy of Scott Hall. It really is. And I, I want to go through his accomplishments real quick. Um, I, I did mention some, but I want to go through the whole list. Uh, as I mentioned, co-holder of the AWA Tag Team Titles with Kurt Hennig. Held the DDT Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight title. That's a title in Japan. Basically, um, it's the original 24-7 title, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, co-holder of the TNA World Tag Team Titles. USWA Unified World Champion. Uh, WCW World Television Champion, United States Champion, seven-time co-holder of the WCW Tag Team Titles, won World War III in 1997, held the WWC Caribbean Heavyweight Title and Universal Heavyweight Title, four-time Intercontinental Champion, was the first person to do that, the first person to accomplish that feat, um, and two-time WWE Hall of Famer, uh, match of the year, 1994, just a big, big deal, big star, um, truly going to be missed. Uh, the influence, however, of Scott Hall on the business of pro wrestling is going to be felt basically forever, and he is one of the reasons why he's going to have you know th this label of how big of an influencer he really was um 
my thoughts go out to his kids, his friends, his family. Uh, we truly lost an innovator and one of one of the best of the last 25, 30 years in the business. Scott Hall passing away on Monday at the age of 63. And that is going to do it for this week's show. Going to give you guys the quick plugs. You guys can follow the show on Twitter, Wrestling Show 11. Join the Facebook, or uh, check us out on Instagram, That Wrestling Show. Uh, if you got any questions or comments, email me, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, That Wrestling Show fan group. That's all you got to do. Type it in, and you're right there. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put a link in the description of each and every episode. Uh couple of quick plugs check out the dk and bill wrestling podcast it's a big two-parter where we give our rankings of the 10 best wrestlemania matches from wrestlemania 1 through 20 and 21 through 37 so check that out on the dk and bill wrestling podcast and also check out sharks pond a south park podcast where i watch discuss and review each and every south park episode this week, I review the Season 15 episode, Royal Pudding. That is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. Um, I do have a Scott Hall story before I wrap it up. Um, 2018, I'm working a wrestling convention in Joppa, Maryland, Maryland Championship Wrestling. Scott Hall is one of the featured guys there he's one of the featured people and you know this is a big opportunity you know i'm gonna get scott hall so i have this magazine and he signs a razor ramon then we get our picture taken and you know he thanks you know i thank him and he's like thank you for being a fan thank you for your support and one of my best friends is there she took the picture and she thanks her for putting up with me watching wrestling, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool, kind of a funny, you know, little thing. But, you know, he is right. You know, we should thank the people that love us, that deal with us watching wrestling, because, yeah, we, you know, we watch it. We love it. And they are part of the ride with us. And that's kind of a, that's kind of the message that I kind of take. So, um, I want to end the show by saying uh, Scott Hall's famous words from his WWE Hall of Fame speech in 2014. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last. But bad guys do.